grind for the love of the game takes smooth and sweet as toffee. We grind for the love of the game, which takes us fresh steel bridge coffee. What's up, everyone? Oh, God, that's relevant. <laughs> that, is, that is relevant. As you can see, uh, well, for those of you who are going to see this footage, um, Nate is in flames, just much like his <laughs> takes are about to be. Uh, beautiful new setup. What are we, where are you at? Did you did you rent a, are you at a remote cabin or, or where are you at right now? I'm at my uh, mobile podcast studio, uh, aka my backyard here. So got a couple heat lamps back here, fire pit going. So uh, should be pretty good as long as no neighbor's dogs get out. But uh, kind of nice to get a little fresh air on these things. Exactly. Yeah, no, it looks it looks bomb. Um, so yeah, I don't usually rap about coffee. So um, why don't you tell the people about probably the biggest news? to hit this podcast since its conception. Yeah, we're, we're super geeks. We have our, uh, we have our first official partnership here. Uh, we're partnering with Steelbridge coffee, which is a local coffee roastery. Um, really cool, really cool thing there. And so if you go to steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ projecting the jump, um, and that's uh, steel as in two E's you can, you can sign on there and you can see what we, where we have partnered up. And so basically it's, you get, uh, he has a bunch of kind of nineties basketball cards in there, a bunch of, uh, Sean Kemp's Gary Payne's, uh, saw Michael Finley. Um, so if you, you can get kind of a, uh, mint condition basketball card and with it comes four pounds of coffee, uh, delivered to your house. Um, so steel bridge coffee, like I said, I've, I've been getting the coffee for about 10 years. It's, uh, organic fair trade stuff uh he actually delivers it locally here by uh by bicycle i get delivered to my house every week by bicycle in a mason jar um but really cool stuff and really really tasty uh and we're geeked we're geeked to be uh partnering with them we are very geeked i would be um not doing my job if i didn't ask you to just give a quick synopsis of the event that led to the agreement I think it involved some uh, poorly aged prosciutto that was hanging from the ceiling. There was a bit of a wild, a wild party. Uh, yeah, to- yeah, we were at a, we were at a pretty good dinner party there. So we we referenced uh, Joseph, uh, who's the owner of Sealbridge Coffee, on this podcast before, and I had to Joseph. issue an apology to him for uh, uh, for saying that he wasn't a big enough basketball fan. Oh yeah, that's we what, oh that was him. I didn't make that. Connection. That was him. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was a little offended, and he brought. He's like, I have all these basketball cards, and so we started talking about a, doing a partnership at this at this party. But we were both uh, a couple bottles of wine in at that point, so we had to take some video evidence. We had some pictures taken of us shaking hands, agreeing to this deal, so nobody could back out la- after the fact. It's very um, good footage. He, yeah, but he's done a great job. I, oh. I would encourage, I would really would encourage anybody to go to steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ. Check out what he's got there. It's it's a pretty cool landing page and you can kind of look through some like pretty neat uh, throwback cards. And and really, I mean, the, it's kind of a smoking deal too because you get four pounds of coffee delivered to your door, no handling fee, no shipping fee at all. So um, I definitely would encourage everybody out there to, to pause this or continue listening and go check that out. You can order it while listening to this podcast on half speed. That way the takes come a little slower, uh, more nuanced to you uh, while you put in your order. Yeah. Hopefully that gives us more time to think of our next take too. So big shout out to Steelbridge Coffee. I think so. I think so. 
It so it is tonight on this this evening a very exciting night in our world. It is trade deadline eve. It's a lot like Christmas Eve, except it involves a lot more tweets. And actually, Twitter had this weird thing today where people were being limited. So, uh, you know, the woges of the world for a minute were like, I can't even send out a tweet uh, because Elon Musk is is making some big changes there. So we won't we won't get into breaking Twitter news, but um, did want to say happy trade deadline Eve to everybody. Uh, Tonight, we are not going to be discussing the trade deadline uh, a whole lot. Tomorrow, we're actually going to hit you with an instant reaction trade deadline pod. Um, so once all the moves are done, Nate's, Nate and I are going to hop on to kind of run through those, talk about the fantasy impact, you know, the players who are going to be gaining um, big, larger roles in their new homes, also players in their old homes who are going to be stepping into larger roles once the vacated boys leave town. So we're super excited about that. So we're going back to back. Uh, so we'll hit you with that tomorrow. Today, today's pod, uh, we will get into kind of talk about some breaking news a little bit um, in relation to the pod. But the topic is uh, what I came up with is ADP All-Stars Western Conference edition today. We're also going to do the Eastern Conference soon. So this is basically um, a player whose value, you know, was such that they've made the fit the All-Star team of, of ADP All-Stars. So it'll make more sense as we get into it. Um, but yeah, Nate, if you want to touch on a player who might be on your list that might've been traded today. Yeah. Ironically, I had this guy planning to talk about him anyway. News broke just uh, about a two, two hours before we recorded that, uh, D'Angelo Russell was on the move, uh, to Lakerland there. Um, mm-hmm. and what seems to be a pretty good trade for the Lakers, but, uh, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pundits coming in with that. Um, uh, but I, I was, uh, I, I guess just was I had this all written down for coming out just for straight from the wolves because I think D'Angelo Russell is flying a little under the radar as far as fantasy goes this season. Um, I think part of that is you know he's in this eighth season, kind of the shines come off him a little bit, and I think the other thing too is we've kind of got accustomed to these really big numbers, kind of these big hollow numbers that he's been putting up in years past, and. And while he's been a little more efficient this season, the raw numbers haven't quite been there. So I think that's kind of has taken away a little bit of what his overall impact was. Uh, he, but so far on the season, and the reason he made my ADP All-Star list, you know, was that his ADP was 75 coming into the season. This season, he's sitting at number 32 overall for the entire year. Um, and like I said, you know, his raw numbers are down a little bit uh, in comparison to what he's what we've seen before. He's averaging six less points per game than his career high. He's also averaging one less uh, one less rebound and one less uh, assists per game as well. So, so he but sucks. So he sucks. And it, on top of that, it's all coming on the most minutes he's ever played in his career. Uh, so it's it's a little surprising. I, it kind of it's he's coming in a little more subdued than I, than the eye test might lead me to think. I don't know what, what you think about him when you watch him with, uh, on games. So is it, is his efficiency up? His efficiency is, yeah, his efficiency is up. Uh, you know, he's, he's hitting threes. He's hitting almost three threes a game shooting 47%, 86% from the line. So his actual shooting percentages are up. Uh, turnovers are pretty low. Uh, you know, his 
we've talked about this on previous pods before uh, on whether we, we, we kind of both think that he's more suited as kind of that super sub role. Yes. Um, I, I've comped into, you know, a, a Nick Van Exel type that comes in and get, can just get hot, get buckets, um, not have responsibility of being a, a facilitator necessarily. Um, I, I'm going to ask you real quick, because we're talking about D'Angelo Russell on trade deadline Eve, and he was traded today. Just your first reaction to going to the Lakers. Do you feel like he gains fantasy value? Do you feel like it stays fairly similar? Or do you feel like he could take a hit? Um, talking about his usage, his role. How do you picture that? Just first reaction. I, my initial reaction was he's going to see a slight uptick in fantasy role. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think he's just going to benefit from a few more of these wide open threes. He's a he's a good three point shooter. Um, and LeBron, if we know anything about him, he's great at setting up outside shooters. And that team is kind of really is needing that. Um, so I think I'm kind of expecting those three pointers to kind of come up a little bit. The minutes to stay high. Like we said, I mean, his defense is 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 really bad. Uh, I have written down here, his defense is so poor, it can't order off the Arby's value meal. Ooh, that's harsh. Um, That'll be a fine on the Lakers. It'll fit right in. Yeah. But for fantasy reasons, he's, right. his stocks are still pretty high, though. I mean, he's averaging 1. Uh, 1.5 stocks a game. So I think... Sneaky. I think... Uh, yeah, I see sneaky good. So, I don't know. I think his, I think his, uh, his, his, his spot in the fantasy realm is... Stable, if not going to creep up a little bit. What was your takeaway immediately? I considered him for this list. He didn't make my list. I think that the perception of D'Angelo Russell this season, you know, he spouted off in the media a little bit. He's got a really big ego. You know, D'Angelo Russell feels like he should be a marquee player. And he feels like the reason that that hasn't happened isn't because of his play, but because of his lack of opportunity or maybe others not believing in him. So I think sometimes that can turn people off. In years past, I've, you know, had D'Lo, and I really enjoyed his low-key production. I feel like he is one of those players, much like in a past pod I mentioned, Drew Holiday is somebody I don't usually draft, but I target in trades because I feel like they have a consistent buy low at some point during the season. D'Angelo Russell is one of these players that I feel like their buy low can dip pretty low because he kind of ebbs and flows. You know, I assume he he could kind of hop off a buy low and sell high list week in, week out. But this season, I'd, I'd say around since Towns went out, He's been pretty consistent. I think I text the group text for the last six weeks or so. I think he's been pretty dang good. Um, so without having researched it a whole lot, I feel like, yeah, um, he's one of those players that flies under the radar because he is streaky. Uh, and I do think he's a fun player to target in a buy low trade at some point during the season. Yeah, I feel like uh, guys that target in that are always better at fantasy than real life. And I feel like no Russell is definitely better at fantasy than real life. No, no doubt for sure. Yeah. Well, who do you got as uh, your first member of your uh, ADP All-Stars? Well, I, I will reveal that shortly. Um, not really looking forward to discussing this player, but I'm prepared to discuss this player. I did want to give a little uh, context as to how I'm going to approach this list. So this this topic for me was really inspired by that Yahoo's MVPs feature, uh, which I really like going through. And these are players who make the most appearances on Yahoo's top 500 public teams. So that gives you a percentage that that given player is on a top 500 roster on Yahoo. Um, So as I went through this too, uh, I decided that the ranks that I would be using today would actually be those season ranks we discussed last pod, you know, because when going through and kind of uh, looking at your, your drafts in retrospect, I feel like 
um, availability plays a huge role in how your team's performing. And so I'm, I'm going to actually use uh, season rank today to kind of go through that. Some players are going to toss out their per game ranks as well. but uh, And then this is my, my favorite part of kind of the research I did. So when I went through this, I wanted to come up with p- player pivot points. Try saying that three times fast. PPPs, player pivot points in each draft. And this is what I considered uh, a player who always has some type of crossover eligibility with the said player I'll be discussing that was drafted within one round of that player. Uh, and I feel like going through this, uh, this is really where, where titles are won and lost, perhaps more than in the margins of the glue guys that we talked about, the waiver picks up, pickups and such. When you look back on this stuff, and I feel like, you know, you can apply this stuff mid-season, but I, I want to remind people, maybe this is a podcast, you can run through it and then listen to it again at the end of the season. Maybe listen, listen to it, preparing for your drafts next year. Uh, this is a podcast that doesn't expire as much as some of the other ones, but I thought it'd be fun with the All-Star Weekend coming up. Um, so that's why we chose this topic. So now that you know that, maybe Nate, um, you could guess who my starting point guard for the West ADP All-Stars might be. It's got to be Shea Gillis-Alexander, no? That's that's who it is. Yep, yeah. It jumps off the page. Uh, he is second on Yahoo's MVP. Uh, 16.8% of teams in the top 500 on Yahoo have Shea. Uh, his ADP wow. was... Yeah, right? Yeah, that's pretty wild. His ADP was 45. He is currently second, uh, again, in season rank, which takes the totals into account. It takes availability into account. Um, And the pivot players, these are players that were going right in the same range. Uh, Chris Paul, people were taking him uh, full round ahead at number 36, uh, which I get. It's Chris Paul uh, and the other player that's kind of similar in age, but I think had a slightly better season, but is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was going number 42 right next to Shea. Uh, he's been number 52. Uh, and what's a takeaway from this? Uh, I'm calling this the draft tiebreaker takeaway. Um, maybe going into next year's draft, Nate, let me know what you think on this. Maybe we can try to worry a little bit less about predicting who the bad teams are going to be, predicting who might be tanking, and just a little bit more about that breakout profile when it comes to choosing between, you know, you got veterans like Drew and CP3, and you got a player like Shea and you're just, uh, you get, you're on the clock and you, you take the veteran. Um, but maybe that's not, that's not safer if the tie, in your mind, the tiebreaker this past season was okay. This, and, I, and I'll be honest, like, I think I had Shea number one on, um, God, I forget what podcast it was. Sell high. I think it was very early mm-hmm. because I was still worried about it. I was still, I just didn't trust that franchise, but you know, I turned out to be wrong. You know, that team's, uh, competent enough to, to, uh, knock off the, the Lakers on the night that LeBron sets the scoring record last year, which I guess isn't saying much when you shut down a game uh, mid-game so you can uh, have a whole you know situation in the middle of the court for 25 minutes and crying and wearing pink sneakers and all that. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, the Zombie Sonics have been competent. And uh, Shea is not only the point guard of my ADP All-Stars, I think he's the ADP MVP for the Western Conference uh, what what say you about any of that? And then go ahead and hit me with your next guy when you're ready. Yeah, that's uh, that makes sense. I mean, he's crushing it. And I feel like you said he's forty. It was his ADP was forty five. Is yeah. that what it was? That's right. And I feel like in a lot of leagues, there was just a good chunk of people that were straight avoiding. Like if he was mm-hmm. available at seventy, they weren't going to take right. him. Right. Um, and so I mean, kudos there, to all the there uh, was injury history too. Enough. We should be fair. Right. It wasn't just that he played for a rat franchise. 
It's also that he's had a lengthy injury history, but how much of that was, you know, shutting a player down? So how much of that was related to the tank? Nobody knew. So you're right. You know, people were hands off for that reason. And it is hard to blame them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you ever kick- Especially with all the Webinyama talk coming right. into the season, I, everybody was kind of like, well, this is a special circumstance, but I feel like maybe we're seeing um, the impact of the play-in tournament on fantasy for the first time Great that point. teams are, are not shutting down team guys quite as early. Um, so maybe that's something, that's a lesson for next year is uh, be less afraid of the tank, just like you said. Antley, queue up, queue up the Twitter. That's a Twitter clip. No, that's a really good point. I think that, you know, more than in the past, we are seeing the effects of the playing tournament. Well, maybe they have been there, you know, in recent years, but we're starting to get data on it. We're starting to see trends, things that we can go into drafts next year uh, and, and kind of use as a predictive tool. So very good point by you, buddy. Yeah, all around. Um, so the next guy I, I want to go into here, if you're done with, uh, with Shay. Oh, I'm is, happy to be uh, done. I'm good. All right. Um, I'm going to move on to, and this is going to kind of torpedo our rankings, and I imagine people are going to start shutting it off here in about five seconds. Um, I'm going to start talking about somebody who I think is perhaps the most boring player in the league on on the team that I find the least, the hardest for me to watch for fantasy reasons when I turn it on, unless I have a rooting interest. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you have a guess right off the bat who this is. Yeah, my brain uh, kind of shut down. <laughs> right. It, it got bored as <laughs> yeah, I started did, talking it about it. <laughs> uh, who I'm talking about is Trey Jones of the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. Uh, just, uh, I was too... I found him too boring to even consider drafting this season. Agreed. Um, I thought his, his ceiling was, was so low that there was no upside in drafting him. But... Uh, you know, his, his ADP coming into the season was uh, 103, uh, but season-long rank, he's at 61. So he's he's having a really nice season, um, surprisingly. Um, and I think, you know, his ADP was 103. I, like I said, my personal rankings were quite a bit lower than that. I probably, I'd have to go back and look, but I think I had him in the 130s or something. Um, I don't know if that was if this was something that you were targeting at all. Well, at that time, we still had, you know, God bless his soul. Hope he's doing good. We still had the flasher Josh Primo. Um, right. He kind of exposed himself as a fraud. He exposed himself at the time as not a problem to the, the point guard rotation of the Spurs. Right. Uh, in due time, he exposed that to be true. Um, you did, yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to work and expose a few more times into this. But um, the... So you're right. So that that did clear up his rotation because he he got knocked out after four games into the season, which kind of opened up. There was already going to be a lot of availability in that backcourt, and now there's no competition at all. Uh, but you know, it's it's, it's kind of interesting because he you know he played two years at Duke. He was the ACC Player of the Year. He was on that same team, same class, uh, recruiting class as Zion and RJ Barrett. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's he a was, lot like his brother. Very sound point guard. Yep. Yep. And, but a really high uh, high school recruit. He was a top 15 recruit in the country going in. But, you know, the Spurs drafted him in the second round and he just didn't seem to have the size or the shooting chops to kind of make too much of an impact. I didn't think. But on the season, he's averaging uh, 13, three and a half, six and a half with one and a half stocks on nice percentages, low turnovers. Uh, so not wowing you by any means. 
but uh, but definitely just kind of helping you, especially if you're looking for uh, an undetrimental point guard. An undetrimental point guard. Wow, that's a great <laughs> that's a great uh, subcategory for just kind of fairly boring players that need to be mentioned. That's really right. Good. Um, yeah, and and the last thing I got on on Trey Jones before uh, uh, is I kind of I went through his box scores over the last month because I wanted to see you know what his peaks and valleys were if it kind of matched my perception and really his you know his highs and his lows points rebounds assists per game were just like sh- shockingly consistent so he really yeah. does feel like a high floor low ceiling guy. Um, so, he's a great so Natron Clay and point guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna flake on one of these, but you know he's not gonna come in and uh, win you a league in one podcast. I think we buried the lead. We discussed a really important partnership with Steelbridge Coffee. Uh, please yeah. check out please check out the uh, the promo uh, steelbridgecoffee.com backslash ptj. Thank you. Uh, but we failed to mention that in our league of record, extreme drones, extreme drones. We are facing off in a very big matchup. It is That's just true. deadlocked. Uh, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get nasty. Uh, I roster I, my two worst players on this team, most marginal players, or handsome Gordon Hayward and Mike Conley, who are two of Nate's all-time favorites. Could I think I, you picked up those guys just to troll me. I'm could. certain that you did that. Did I consider dropping Gordon on Sunday? I didn't need any more production. I was smashing. Uh, and pick up Cam Thomas to get those two games. And yes, I did. Is the main reason I did not pick up Cam Thomas because I didn't want you to be able to pick up Gordon Hayward? Yes, it is. Uh, so that will come back to bite me. <laughs> but yeah, classic matchup. You know, I, you know, a little context in case you want to know. So I, I came out like gangbusters. I've been fairly consistent. I believe I'm ten and four. Nate started off rough, and he's just been just cruising along since. Uh, I feel like he hasn't lost since the last time I barely beat him by like a half a steal. It was so close. So just in case yeah, you guys are wondering, it's uh, you know, a rivalry is renewed, and we will let you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, this will be this will be a good one, and and it's an interesting week to have it happen mm-hmm. with the. Uh, it's great with the with the trade deadline because there's. There could be some arguments made for, you know, losing early in this week. I mean, in general, not, not just our matchup, but in general, isn't necessarily the worst thing if it allows you to make those like uh, torpedo this week to win the rest of your season moves. Correct. Um, so. Yeah, like I was I'm not we only have three moves in our league. I wasn't really willing to stream or do anything until the trade deadline hits. And I'd recommend that. Uh, in general, yeah. as a philosophy, if you're listening to such a nice fantasy podcast, you probably already know that. Uh, good on you. All right. Uh, fun times. You ready for my shooting guard? Let's hear him. All right. So the starting shooting guard of the ADP All-Stars Western Conference is a player who is fifth on the Yahoo MVPs list. This player is rostered on 15% of those teams. He had an ADP of 20.8, so pretty high. And his current season rank is 10th. He is 33rd in per game value. Uh, do you recognize this player? He might be familiar in Nature Unclean. Shooting guard. Uh, uh, he has shooting guard, guard small forward eligibility. This is Anthony Edwards? It's Ant-Man, baby. It's Ant-Man, mm-hmm. baby. Yep. Shout out Atley, social media manager, big Timberwolves fan. Uh, hope Appreciate you enjoy. Yeah, Atley. Yeah, we really do. Grinding hard, um, getting us... Uh, some exposure we don't have the know-how to do. So just going to throw that in there since we're mentioning the Timberwolves. But yeah, man, uh, it's been an interesting journey for Anthony Edwards this season. You know, I think 
he started a little slow. Um, and as we, we had talked about when we did a little, little uh, feature piece on him, right around the time Kat got hurt, I think I said, you know, you're going to get to see his ceiling in this time. And my God, have we seen his ceiling? I was freaking cussed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the first time. <laughs> We've really seen his ceiling, man. Um, so I thought this was interesting. I wanted to get into the philosophy behind this. I only did one pivot player, but I think it already illustrates my point. Uh, so the ADP of this player was the exact same. We're looking at 20.8 for Ant-Man and number 21 for Paul George. Uh, Paul George in season rank, he's uh, number 46, but he is 22nd on per game bout value, you know, but he's missed 14 games. So when you pull up your player and you, you look at the rank next to the season, you know, it's going to show 14 at the top. It's going to show uh, 46. Um, so similar stat profiles, uh, you know, Nate, injuries, we know they're hard to predict. But with Paul George, they're not that hard to predict. He has an injury history that's very consistent. You know, it's death, taxes, and Paul George is going to miss 27 games. Uh, so I think if you take that and you couple it with Ant's youth and his breakout potential coming in, uh, it kind of made it an easy call in Ant's direction. Uh, I think for a lot of drafters, that may have been obvious, and for some others, not so much. But I think that's the takeaway for me is when you're looking at two players on the board with similar stat profiles and these players have the exact same eligibility, I'm going to lean for that younger player who has, like I'm going to be saying, breakout profile a lot in this podcast. I'm going to lean towards the breakout profile and not just trying to go back and get something that's been happening for a player in his late prime who does have an injury history. Um, So, yep, Ant-Man is my shooting guard. Nate, how do you feel about that kind of philosophy? Yeah, he certainly is on the trajectory that you want your team to be moving on for this season. I mean, he's he's at his best last couple of weeks. We'll see what happens uh, once we get the Conley in there, once we get uh, Carl Anthony Towns back. That's one right. thing we, we haven't seen is, Important is, how, is, is how this new yeah. Anthony Edwards meshes with Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert because the initial returns at the beginning of the season were a little chunky. Um, but uh, but it seems like Minnesota is is kind of clearing the way to they've liked this high usage version of Anthony Edwards. And uh, by moving uh, by kind of clearing up that backcourt, they're saying they're we're all in on that. And so I think it bodes really well for the rest of the season value. Um, totally agree. Totally agree. Mike Conley is a player who's happy at this stage of his career to be a table setter to pick and choose his spots. And D'Angelo Russell still has a little bit of, like I mentioned, his ego is huge. And so there's still that tug in that pull. Um, But yeah, the main factor going down the stretch, I'm interested to see if we've seen the best six week stretch of Ant this season with. Yeah. I I wonder if we almost can see a higher ceiling and, and this is just pure speculation because Anthony, Anthony Edwards fully locked in on defense is really I mean, his on-ball defense is great. Um, and so far, these Good last point. six weeks, his his steal rate has been just insane. I mean, he's, yeah, I don't have numbers in front of me, but defense has been great. And I wonder with having a little bit better establishment around him, I mean, by adding by, by adding Conley in there, if it just was going to kind of increase that culture a little bit, allow him to be locked in a little bit more often. God, you're a really cool guy. I, 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 I got to give the people the steal jump just to kind of match what we're talking about. Okay, so Ant-Man, um, the past, well, it's actually his steals have been trending down, surprisingly. Um, on the season, he's 1.7 steals, 0.6 blocks. The past two weeks, 1.1 steal, 0.9 blocks. But I've watched a good amount of Timberwolves games, and his on-ball defense has been better. 
Um, mm. I think he's been more locked in. So I totally agree with that. And the stocks have still been very consistent, you know? Yeah, they, they can be, they tend to come and go, you know, stocks are like the stock market. That's why I call them stocks a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah. Shout out to your second secondary podcast, the business bro. one. Dude, that's not taking off, bro. Uh, like, I like I said, I mean, I've been successful in business and like people could learn from me, but I also haven't recorded a business podcast so nobody can learn my tips. Ah, uh, hidden gems. Some, somebody's going to find that, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So moving up. Okay. What? I see you have your phone in your hand. What is going on? Like you were trying to record a podcast, man. Yeah, this is a little distracting. Uh, as you know, I'm a huge Blazer fan, and the Blazers just made a trade as what? we're talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, they are sending Josh Hart to the Knicks. Okay, or, pause. I just need a moment yep. to process that. You, you're good yep. here? Okay. And you know the trade already. I don't know. I d- yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll be quiet. Yeah, they're Wait. they're sending it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> is, is quickly involved? Uh, no, no, no. There's, it's, it's a bunch of like, it's I'm kind done. of a shithouse trade. Please read the trade. I'm, I'm sorry. This is your feelings, not mine. Go. Uh, they're, they're getting back cam rubbish. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, and, a, and then some end of the bench guys that don't play. Top in one uh, of them at least? No. What? Ryan, uh, that guy, Ryan, uh, who played for Villanova, Arcata. With the last Arno. name that starts with an A and it goes on forever? Yeah. And then Sivy. Mill of a donkey. I don't, I don't care. Know. They got a donkey. Yeah. Yeah, right. But they did get they got a protected uh first round pick this year though. So how how protected does it say? It doesn't say it well lottery protected, it turns into four future second round picks if not conveyed this year. That's a okay. lot of seconds. I'm confused. Uh apparently hmm. they're not trying to win this year, I guess. Whew, okay, yeah. Sorry for the yeah. overreaction there. I just yeah, that's a little a uh, little frustrating. Cam Cam Rubbish is only twenty three too. He's terrible. We're just gonna have a little Blazers corner real quick. So I, I've been talking with a couple buddies. Of course, Natron Clean's one of them. Like, if you're not gonna fully commit to build doing this build around Dame, making this push, which to me includes trading Shade and Sharp now, yes, includes yes, seeing what, yes. if you can churn. Uh, Simons and something into OG, you do it. Absolutely. And, and so you think because a first round pick, per- perhaps that pick is more valuable in a trade than Josh Hart. So do we really know the direction based on this? I'd say we maybe don't. Yeah, that's true. We, we, yeah, we should be patient and wait and see. It does. Um, if if this first round pick is still sitting there after after tomorrow, then um, then we know at least they're punting on this season. But uh, Joe Cronin, their GM, who's seems to be okay ish uh has been on record and has been out there saying that he plans to take multiple cycles to uh to rebuild this team and so he's been saying you know yeah. like um uh, you know be patient it's going to take basically take a couple of years to re to rebuild it into the image that he wants him around mostly chauncey billups uh to be uh liking so okay quick question is a tough one for you over or under three years of a true Dame Prime left, including this year. So two more after this of true Prime. Uh, no, I think he's got two more years of true Prime. So and that is the number. That's the right line. Yeah, maybe. Jeez, this season. I mean, he's he's at his. He's playing honestly his best of his career right now. It's kind it. of he's 
he's unlocked a bunch of stuff that's kind of real subtle. His passing is is tremendous. Um, you know, his profile ages well, but uh, the type of guy that can totally lead you to uh, numerous victories, yeah, maybe. Yeah, two seasons Ooh. feels about right. And I will say real quick, because this is a fantasy basketball podcast, I just we needed to break that news. I so for Josh Hart, I think this has to improve his value because you have to assume he's getting in that circle of trust. So you know, bye bye Quentin Grimes is my immediate reaction. Um, yeah, and hello, thirty six minutes of Josh Hart. So let me check my waiver wires. Um. Yeah, yeah, he's. <laughs> Right, we'll, we'll pause while, while this happens. But no, I agree. I mean, his his minutes were high with Portland. Um, you know, I think he, I see a very slight bump up. You know, I think you're as you think you're accurate in assuming two more minutes a night, maybe maybe three tops. Um, it's it's a it's a slight improvement if he's on your your waiver. I think he was on and off all season. He's probably worth picking up. Uh, nothing that's going to you know, uh, right. blow anybody's mind. But I think the, so far, the, the more, the other interesting thing is for the Blazers. I mean, you're, they're, you're going to be looking at uh, Nasir Little and well, Shane Sharp. And there was some speculation that off. Shane Sharp pulled out of the dunk contest because he was guaranteed uh, a feature role postseason. He wanted to come back and, uh, mm, and be ready for this. This is just pure speculation, but. Uh, this is deep Blazers know, corner here. This is Deep Blazers corner. So so I think maybe you could we can expect to see some shade and shark minutes dump up from 15 well, to hey. uh to 25. Hey man, we'll be back uh in this space together. Uh actually I believe Nate's recording from a work incubator, which is very exciting. Um so that'll be fun tomorrow. But yeah, about 20 hours. We'll see how the dust settles and what everything looks sure. like tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little um, teaser for your trade deadline special. Yeah, do you you want to roll into to a guy? Because I got two that kind of uh, flow together pretty well. So if you I do want to get I, somebody ready, I do want to, and it's interesting because um, the the player plays for a team that might finally be committing to the tank that uh, everybody assumed of this team when the season started, and I think everybody's you know garbage time darling on this team was Colin Sexton at the time. Colin Sexton today just, you know, finally maybe got the role that everybody thought he'd have. My starting small forward place for the Utah Jazz, it is Laurie Markkinen. Uh, it kind of has to be. Uh, yeah. It's kind of insane. So he is tied for third on Yahoo's MVP feature. He is on 15.8% wow. of the top 500 uh, Yahoo teams. Jeez. He had an ADP of 89. His season rank is four. Wow. Let that sink in, number four. You know, it's funny. I have a, a real good fantasy buddy who just lives down the way. Uh, really smart dude. He's been playing longer than us. Um, he's about 10 years older. And he drafted Larry Markinen in the eighth round of the league I'm in with him, and we're the two best teams. So I'm like, what happened there? Your default speaker has changed to speakers. Wait, huh? Right. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so my so my buddy who drafted marketing, he didn't really have any conviction around it. He was just kind of like, you know, you have a player who I kind of believed in in the past, you know, when he was younger, um, and it just hasn't panned out. But it's just a new setting. Uh, he got a fresh start, and uh, he's still a young enough player stepping into a larger role, and that's a recipe for taking a shot. But he still got kind of lucky just bagging him where he did. But that's a good model. He was able to explain that to me, so... 
you know, with Laurie Markin, and he went number 89 in the average Yahoo draft. Andrew Wiggins went number 82. Um, he is 64th on per game value, so you know, only 60 spots below, 150th on season rank. Uh, he's missed 20 games. Here's a player that was going two spots after Larry Markin, and it sounds crazy at this time, and I know it's a player you've been into, um, but he just has had a poor sophomore season, and that's Herb Jones. Mm-hmm. Herb Jones is a player that a lot of people were taking ahead of Larry Markin. And yeah, so again, I think worrying a little bit less about predicting which teams are going to suck. Um, and then when you have a player who has a go-to scorer outline, who has a fresh start stepping into a larger role, uh, maybe that's a tiebreaker over a, a young stocks specialist like Herb Jones or over Andrew Wiggins, who is Andrew Wiggins. You know, he was good last year, but it's still Andrew Wiggins. So Yeah, I feel like this one came the most out of nowhere of any of these guys. But did it? That's what I'm saying. Maybe it didn't. Well, I- it's so rare to see a I didn't guy see it in his fifth or sixth season pop like he's never has before. Uh, you know, a third year pop, a second year, fourth year, but that was uh third team, you know, on his third team kind of making the move. I was blown away. I I know I like how I like how your too. buddy just I think summed it up pretty accurately. You you don't you you didn't predict it, but you appreciate it. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, he was never expecting this, but he was able to articulate like the thought process he had. I saw Larry Markin and I was like, nope, never again. I'm good. I'm done with this guy. I didn't care. Yep. You know? So let's, I guess we should stop writing off players. who We, we just don't know what they're, but then again, I mean, how, how many times are you going to hit on this Larry Markin thing? You know, it is what it is, but it's fascinating to look back on. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it and write it. And uh, you're, you're probably writing it all the way to first and second place at the moment. And we'll see, man. I mean, I think there's no chance in hell that he is a first round player the second half of the season. Uh, even today, his minutes were down. Um, he's still okay. But um, we'll see. That's just a one, the first game since I think they looks like they've committed to going ahead and entering the Wimbanyama sweepstakes or at least selling off uh, some of their veteran assets. So, so we'll see what he looks like second half. But man, um, he has been an incredible steal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to make a, a brief aside, and then I'm going to tie it back into to my next player here. Um, so stay with me here. But uh, yeah. I was watching the games last night, and it kind of had a thought uh, about guys who are who have career-best games. Um, you know, normally when a guy kind of has a career-best game or, you know, kind of uh, has a really fantastic uh, game in front of him. You kind of you think like, oh wow, th- maybe this he's finally putting it together, or he's uh, this is the potential I always saw in this player. But other times, and I'm curious if you've ever felt this way. I was thinking this last night. A guy has the best game of his life, and you think, ah, shoot, that's his ceiling. <laughs> like that that that. We're watching. We just saw his ceiling, and and I had that thought last night with DeAndre Aiden. Oh, that's uh, fair. I like that man. I yeah, that's a nice one. Which, like you know, I I'm a DeAndre Aiden fan. I oh, I think wow. I'm higher on him than than most people are. Um, but I think last night, you know, he scored 35 points against kind of the uh, decimated Nets leftovers. Um, and I kind of hey, was like, hey, no, that's it. That, no, that's his. That's we won't have high. We won't have any Nick Claxton slander on this podcast, but yeah, I mean, Nick Claxton is great, and uh, you know, and they still have some good players there. But it was it was more about DeAndre Aiden and thinking like, oh, like here's a guy who 
I kind of thought as could be a a one B on his team, who's right. now what in his fourth or fifth season, just for the first time at thirty five points. So um, I was kind of kind of was thinking like, okay, this is a chance to reevaluate this. I I don't know if you've had that moment ever w- with a guy or not, but that feeling sounded really familiar um, uh, and uh, relatable. But uh, I can't think of an example yeah. off the top of the head, but. I think that description fits really nicely with DeAndre Aiden. My problem with Aiden when I watched him play is the man is just so soft around the basket. It's like he is a behemoth, you know, he is incredibly athletic. He's, he's huge. Uh, and he's, he's always, you know, doing these kind of finesse layups um, a little before he needs to. I just wish he would just have a little more authority. Um, I'm sure yeah. Suns fans feel that way too, but you know, quit lollygagging down there and throw it down, big man. Yeah, more power, less skill. Um, yeah, but so I guess I wanted to, to say all that because it, it kind of countered a little bit the late night game, which you were talking about the big LeBron fest on ESPN, uh, <sighs> versus the Thunder, where uh, I was kind of watching a, a guy on the Thunder have a career game, and I thought, oh. Like he's like, oh, that that's his career game. Like, oh, he just is just yeah. figuring it it's out. It's the like, Bronco. That is his career game. Jalen Williams. It is. Yeah. yeah, he looks so good. And he every week he kind of is adding a little bit more. I know we talked about him previously, so I'm going to kind of keep this short. Hey, but, this is uh, a good addition to this list. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think the one thing we 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 brought up last time was you know, he, he wasn't hitting the threes. You, you talked about how he was able to do that at Santa Clara, but we hadn't seen that uh, so far in Oklahoma city, but it looks like he's, that's something he's adding to his game at this point. Um, his three point percentage, which I know isn't necessarily a fantasy category, but it, it is relevant uh, for the last four months. And I'll kind of read them in, a, in order from November forward, 29%, 31%, 33%, now 36 percent um and so he's just kind of developing that part of the the game um and his ranking is is showing that at 51 over the last month i i wanted to throw in as you mentioned that three point percentage is a fantasy category which it's not as far as the category when you're playing but when you want to look into a player and get an idea of where he's headed it's a huge indicator of trends you know, it's a it's an indicator. You know, when your three point percentage is up, obviously your field goal percentage is up, your scoring's up, your three pointers made are up. So it actually affects a bunch of categories that are fantasy categories, and it's a good thing to look into when you're trying to figure out trends. Yeah, yeah. You talked about wanting Yahoo or ESPN to kind of include that, but grade out. And I think that would, even though they don't, I think it, it's. It's it's an advantage to any owner to look on another site and just check their box scores there, and then go back to to Yahoo just to get that complete picture. Yeah, word, totally. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. So I think that it, this is nice contrast. Nate and I connected about the direction we take and just over text today on, and it and I'm keeping it pretty like these are like the starters of the All Star. ADP all-star team and Nate went for some deeper dives, which I think is really good. Hopefully you're enjoying that contrast. This gives you a little more, you know, information on both sides, but um, I'll jump into my power forward. So my starting power forward, I'm very happy to announce of the West ADP all-stars is none other than Jaron Jackson, Jr. JJ. As it has to be. Um, there's a lot to digest here. A lot to talk about here. I think uh, first I'll give you the numbers I've been giving you for everyone. He is tied for third. 
in the fantasy MVPs. Uh, he's on 15.8% wow. of the top 500 teams. Uh, he is on both of my Yahoo teams, Little Flex. Um, he had an ADP of 102.5 uh, on the season for a season rank, that total number, even though he missed a chunk at the beginning of the season, he's already up to 42 uh, per game. He is 13th. So he's basically a first round player. Um, so he obviously had a very speedy and unexpected return from his injury. He hit the ground running. Uh, there were similar players we were looking at uh, pre-draft that had timelines that were similar or even shorter. Uh, Chris Middleton, one of the Natron, you know, very well. Uh, Robert Time Lord Williams is another. You know, uh, these things are hard to predict pre-draft as far as timetables. But I did want to take a look at some of the players who were going in his range. Um, Jabari Smith Jr. was a player that was going a couple picks ahead of JJJ. Um, we, we know how that's turning out. He's uh, 145th season rank. Uh, the boy, Bobby Portis, a dinner guest who brings edibles himself. His ADP was 103. So right there, you're taking JJJ, you're taking Bobby Portis. Um, you know, he's been nice. He's been a nice player. He's uh, 75th still, uh, which is pretty impressive on season rank. Uh, so here's here's a little tiebreaker, you know, the draft takeaway tiebreaker, the DTT, if you will. Um, so like like I said, I speak from experience. I did. I was able to get JJJ both of my Yahoo leagues. And this was my thought going into it. You know, I knew I could stash him in the IR spot. I wasn't sure. I didn't know it would bear fruit so quickly. But I also knew that the players that were being drafted in that range, in that 100 range, had little chance of being anything near what JJJ's ceiling was. And I could just pick up a fairly comparable player off the waiver wire post-draft and stash JJJ. I got a little lucky that he fell as far as he did. In our auction draft, people were running out of money, and I spent the end of my money on him. Uh, and then in my Yahoo, you know, snake draft league, I believe I, I got him right around the spot, you know, and so I easily could have missed out by waiting that long. But but that was my thought process is why take a uh, Jabari Smith or Bobby Portis? And we didn't really know Smith's ceiling. And I was just touting Bobby Portis recently, but he, he's a fairly predictable player. You know what he is. So I guess the the tiebreaker takeaway here is shoot your shot. I mean, you're that late in the draft. Shoot your shot. You know, if he doesn't come back for three months and you need the spot, you can drop him and you miss out on Bobby Portis. But uh, I think that's the takeaway. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought him up. I, I actually have him as my starting big man as well on my team. Um, kind of a divergent from my, uh, uh, you know, from the rest of my team. But he just kind of bared mentioning, I think, you know, I mean, he's leading the league in blocks 3.3 per game, which is a whole block more than he ever has before. Um, the other thing he's kind of been able to add to his game this season is, is kind of bumping up his rebounds a little bit where he's always, and I think some of it is because he's, uh, you know, he's on the perimeter on offense, shooting threes right. a lot of the time. Totally. And then he's chasing blocks on, on defense. He doesn't necessarily rack up the rebounds like you might expect from a big man. Um this season, he's averaging one more rebound per game than he ever has in his career. So he's averaging 17, 6.6 uh, rebounds there. So between the the blocks shooting up and the rebounds going up, um, I think that's a big reason that his, uh, you know, that his ranking is up that high. Uh, the other thing that was kind of interesting is I, I, I wanted to go through and, and take a look because, you know, he's... The, there's a lot of ink spilled about his minutes are a little low. Um, he's averaging 27 minutes a game. Um, 
but you know, in years past, he's been pretty foul prone just because yeah. he's a, a shot block chaser. Um, but over the last four years, I'm going to read you um, his oldest up to, and the last one being the current season, his average fouls per game. Oh, okay. Um, so, so four years ago, he was averaging 4.1. Uh, then he went to 3.8 to 3.5 this season, 3.3. So he's able to stay on the floor for longer. And on top of that, um, when he's on the floor, he's not in foul trouble. So he's able to chase these blocks. Um, So he's really kind of, we're seeing this unlocked version of JJJ and it's pretty awesome to see. Uh, I just wish it was awesome on my team, but, but it is awesome to see regardless. All really good points. Have you ever bet on JJJ's uh, over on a rebound prop? I can't think I ever have. That it's not something I would do. It's not a good time, but I can tell you from experience, obsessing about him trying to get one more rebound that he didn't garner in over half. half it was at least the full second half. He roams around the perimeter on defense quite a bit, and then he comes in looking for blocks. But a lot of times he'll be the guy that's they'll stick on. You know, they want him like a free safety. So he kind of plays like a free safety, you know. Um, so there, man, and when Steven Adams is in there, he doesn't even try to go after the rebounds. He's he's not a rebounder stat patter. They, they have an agreement. Steven Adams, you pad the boards, you let me have my blocks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the rebounds. Beneficial fantasy arrangement. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh that's my power forward. Um uh, nice, yeah. Yeah, same there too. Um uh, the the lap I guess the, the next guy I got is breaking a little bit. I, I wanted to just throw in another forward into my my team, kind of uh he's got mixed positional uh eligibility. And I really was interested to get your take on this. Um because this is a guy that that I'm big on, but I'm kind of wondering about this ranking. Um and so the guy who I'm talking about is Mikel Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. Yep. As, you know, if, if you look at a straight rankings based format, uh, he's the, you know, he was 58th ranked ADP and he's the number 12 player in fantasy this year total, uh, you know, 34th on a per game value. Um, and so I, I was kind of wondering, is that is that a true representation of, of or are the rankings doing a really nice job of kind of finding these hidden values just because we look at a guy who averages 17 four and a half three and a half and and don't see elite but we're not taking into account everything else or do you think that uh the rankings kind of uh have this one a little skewed i will say traditionally i felt like um sons bridges uh good boy bridges his rank has always been a bit higher than I perceived his fantasy value to be. I I think he's one of those players, low turnovers, really good percentages, uh, always floating just under two steals a game. Doesn't hurt you anywhere. He's like the king of the doesn't hurt you anywhere. All stars. Um, And I thought in the past, his rank was a little skewed. I will say, and I, you know, I've caught, you know, a few Suns games with Booker out, he's really leveled up as a scorer. I'm really curious to see if we've unlocked something in Bridges. You know, as fantasy players, we're going to get this this side of him more often with Booker back. I, you know, I think the Suns could use him um, in, in a more featured role. I think, you know, they don't have to clear out the court for a bunch of ISOs, but he's just, he's shown a little more offensive uh, cachet than I knew he had. So I think in the past, I've kind of, 
geared towards uh, this guy's season rank is 23. Like I, I value him as a top 40 player, but like I've always thought he's not a player that I could ever go after in a trade because I feel like whoever has him overvalues him a little bit. And I feel like there was a little window when this transformation was happening that maybe there was an opportunity that he was actually undervalued. Um, so he's an interesting one. I'd be interested to take a look at that uh, feature on Yahoo that shows recent trades of a player and just see kind of what real trades are looking like with him uh, in, in them. But um, yeah, he's a player in the past I thought was overvalued. And lately I think he's, he's finally living up to that. Yeah. I, he's somebody that I'm, I'm really interested to watch it in the rest of the season. Because, yeah, me uh, I mean, as you mentioned, no Chris ball, no Booker out. His usage percentages has to, you know, he had to take a big step up. Uh, you know, he's obviously he's previously been a really low usage guy at fourteen percent. This uh, right. this season, he's he's around twenty percent. Um, and so, like you were mentioning, what I was I was kind of had the same wonder, and I'm wondering if we're seeing uh, what I'm calling the Jeremy Grant effect with him, uh, where Jeremy Grant went to Detroit, was able to just like. Uh, had to expand this element of his game where he went from kind of a three and D guy to uh, ha- like forcing himself to kind of expand that. And then now it's playing big dividends when he's on an actual functional team. I wonder if, if uh, Phoenix with those injuries kind of allowed themselves uh, to have to uh, for him to have that opportunity. That's a good comp as far as we hadn't seen bridges have the Jeremy Grant Detroit opportunity. We did just get to see that with Booker out. So that, yeah, that's a good comp. I like that. I will tell you that uh, I have seven reserves for the West ADP All-Stars that I'm not going to go into in much depth, uh, but my very first reserve was uh, was Bridges. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Uh, touch on the rest of the guys. I'm curious to hear these uh, the next six. Well, I only have one starting spot left. Oh, okay. This player is, is only center eligible. Um he is the starting center of the Western Conference ADP All-Star team. He is tied for 11th. Uh, he is on 12.6% of the top 500 rosters in Yahoo. Now, you may this this one I could be picked apart a little bit more on than the past one, and I want you know we'll see if you feel inclined to do that. Um, his ADP is 67.6. His season rank uh, currently is 55. He's uh, 41st the past month. Um, this is the delicate dancer, Alprin Shingun. He is my starting oh. center. And he had to be. Hey, man, centers can be hard to nail, especially this year. We've we've had a lot of misses. So to be able to get a player whose ADP was close to 70, who's given you, you know, he, he's had some top 25 uh, weeks or two-week stretches here. I think he's settling in at a top 50 player, as I had predicted he would be. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of centers who just haven't lived up to the hype. Rudy Gobert. Yep. Alan Junis, um, DeAndre Aiden, um, yep. other, under, other centers that you drafted. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I put that list together independent of the fact that they were all on your roster to start the season. And then I realized it. I didn't write that joke down, but I'm glad I had the courage to make it. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is like center just was hard to nail this year. Uh, there's some other players that were pivot players that fall in the same bucket. So 10 rounds earlier, people were taking John Collins this year, um, whose season rank is 71st. That's fine. Over the past month, he's 126. You know, I think he's been one of those players in our league. The chat was 
going off one day about, you know, John Collins is high on the players that you want to freaking drop, but you just can't. He's so frustrating at times. Um, Another player who can really have some ups and downs is the crucifix, Christian Wood. He was being taken one pick after Shingun. Uh, He's been, his highs have been high and his lows have been low. It's been the Christian Wood experience. Um, So as far as the draft takeaway tiebreakers, the DTTs, um, you know, to those in my drafts, don't worry because you weren't going to be getting him anyway. Uh, he's a beast. Shingun, he's a monster. Uh, Shingun is a really cool guy. And uh, okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? That's about it. That's that's the facts I got. <laughs> that was from Basketball Reference or where you pulling those? Yeah, it, was, it was from basketballnoodlehead.org. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? All right, my starting center is up in Shingo, so that's why you came yeah. here for, the, for those yeah, facts. That's, yeah, that's rock solid, though. I mean, and he's, as we've, we've, we we talk about him on most podcasts, and uh, he's definitely trending in the right direction. I we think talk about him times. on most podcasts. <laughs> we seem to, right? I mean, he, he's the new Uber, right? <laughs> that was awesome. He's kind of snuggling in there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but he's trending in the right direction. And uh, uh, and I, as we talked about, we'll be, we'll be interested. We'll talk about this next podcast. Uh, we record tomorrow, the trade reaction one. But uh, we both kind of expect a little bit of a shakeup in Houston. Hope so. Oh, my God. A little bit, of t- little bit of playing time or a little bit of usage for Shangoon. May well. I interject so, real quick on that note? Yeah. So... As you know, there's nothing I love more than a King's Rockets game. I just, I eat the stuff up. I love them. Um, so I was soaking up a lot of that right before we went on, kind of getting the equipment ready, doing my thing, doing some stretches, uh, watching King's Rockets. And Eric Gordon was like the two straight possessions. He, I mean, it was a good game. Like, you know, it was, it was a high scoring game. It came down to the wire. He like bulls into the paint. One time he just runs out of bounds, like a video game controller. The button had gotten stuck. Like, he looked reckless, and the announcers were like, God, this guy wants out of here. He looks done. <laughs> like, he was, like, screaming, trainee. <laughs> like, at, and at the very end, he made some boneheaded play. Um, forget. Oh, he fouled Fox on a three. And literally, like, the, I think the Kings were down one. Yeah, and they won by two. He had all three of them. And he just, like, turned his big old butt into Fox, like, almost to be like, oops, I fouled him. Like, trade me. <laughs> Like, like I want Eric Gordon out of Houston, and but not as badly as he wants himself out. I don't think. Yeah, it would be uh, a couple of years coming if it if it happens, but uh, but we'll see. I don't know. I kind of wonder if Houston, if they if they value his uh, veteran leadership and and spacing ability for their young guys, uh, perhaps too much. But uh, but we'll see. I won't be able to record tomorrow if Plumley and Gordon aren't traded. I'll, I'll just I'll probably be having some day drinks and Lord knows what I'll be doing. <laughs> Quickly before we pivot out of here, uh, to the I'm going to run through some my reserves and we'll see if you got anyone else. But I want to ask you: Do you ever have a daydream of bidding me up on Shingu and just like, yeah, I'm going to go one more time. Up oh, here he comes. Like, <laughs> I I will I am happy. I think I I think I bid you about seven dollars more than you were going to get him. 19 uh, did surprise me, but it was didn't feel like you were gonna get him pretty cheap. And yeah. uh, you were like, no, uh, yeah, at that point, I was a little <laughs> broke after spending all my money on unfortunately Chris Middleton. Uh, uh but uh, <laughs> but yeah, oh, I wish I would have spent it one more dollar. 
like I think it's been proven like uh, with the Aaron Fox, like you, you think you can bid me up, but you don't understand that my price is higher than you're willing to risk. Mm. <laughs> so that's the strategy and auction leagues. Y- y'all, uh, if there's a player you want bad enough. Don't worry about it because people will be afraid they'll back off. And if it gets to a certain point, you just let them have them. And then they're going to feel so frustrated that it's going to be a win either way. You've got to show them your crazy ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those were my starters, Nate. Um, did you have any other players you wanted to hit on before we did some quick hits and we could kind of each give our, our thoughts on them? Yeah. The, the last guy I had and just real quick, and then let's get into yours, but the, uh, was, I just feel like I needed to reference Walker Kessler, um, or just kind of just, just dominating at the center position, uh, going from a, he went from that guy who was, a a stream once, twice, and right. then ne- then you never see again, and you'll never see again. Pickup of the year, with or first half pickup of the year. Yeah, he's he's certainly up there. I think uh, yeah, he might be. Uh, it's funny because he he pivoted nicely from Kelly Olynyk, who was who did have that crown for two um, weeks. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, two point four blocks a game is uh, pretty elite as a starter. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty insane. But the 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 only thing I wanted to mention on him um, that was really surprising, especially for a rookie. Uh, I mean, he's averaging two point four blocks a game as a starter, like I mentioned, but only two point seven fouls per game, which that's is really impressive. That's a good stat, man. Nice. Yeah, uh, for I mean, for a rookie, but then yeah. also for a shot blocker, it's yeah. That's uh, I gotta give gotta tip my cap to him. I wouldn't have known that because fantasy platforms refuse to have fouls as a stat that they show on there. You know, it's just yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I will reveal uh, the second of my seven West AAP All-Star Reserves to be Walker Kessler. Oh, okay. There you go. So he, he was also on the All-Star team. Um, so again, these players, I didn't, I don't have much besides their names because I think we are well adverse enough to just kind of hit them real quick. Um, so here, I'll just hit you with my reserves. So we had McCall Bridges. We have Walker Kessler. Uh, the hardest omission as far as starters, uh, DeMontis Sabonis uh, made, yeah, made, made my team. He's one of these players that he's just been about a round better than where you were able to get him. But when you look around him, like that was a heck of a value because, you know, that's a pretty big number when you're drafting someone in the high teens. So high teens, yep. early 20s. So he's been a big hit and really just a stabilizing force for the Kings and for your fantasy roster. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him. I'm a big fan, as you know. Uh, also, your boy Jeremy Grant and my boy Jeremy Grant was able to make this list because he was just kind of going dirt cheap. I mean, he was going later than uh, marketing. Uh, I think I had similar opinions really? on it too. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So I thought Jeremy Grant deserved a quick, quick shout out. Um, yeah. I've really enjoyed rostering him this year. Um, another one is Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons is a. Uh, going a little. Going back to the Blazer corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are just players, again, I, I I got him in the 11th round of one draft, and he's puts up, you know, top 35 weeks. You know, he's been killing it lately, even with Dame in the lineup. I think one of the knocks on him is, like, you get this huge spikes if Dame misses, and then he kind of fades to obscurity with Dame uh, on the court. But have you noticed an on-court improvement with him playing next to Dame this season and as the season's progressed? Yeah, he's getting a little bit more comfortable as the season goes on. Um, it, not, you know, it's strictly, you know, I look at it through the lens of a Blazer fan first and then uh, then as a, you know, as a fantasy manager second. So I think I get a little frustrated uh, 
he seems a little more passive when Dame's on the court, but when Dame kind of sits, they they the one thing they've done pretty nicely is they've rotated their minutes a little bit to kind of give Anthony Simons that alpha moments, uh, you know, the, the, that kind of minutes because he's great at that. Um, the one thing that they seem to be trying to do a little bit better, and we've seen kind of an uptick the last couple weeks, is uh, is kind of have Anthony Simons be a little bit more of a, of a facilitator. Uh, his assist numbers, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they seem to be kind of ticking up a little mm-hmm. bit with Dame on the court. Uh, it kind of, uh, so I think that's kind of mitigating some of those like pure shooting numbers, like spike in dips is kind of getting a little bit more passing in there. Uh, so I would like to see a little bit more consistency, but it, he does seem to be trending a little bit in that direction. Yeah, his assist numbers are up uh, 1.6 assists from the season long to the last two weeks. So he has been giving okay. it a little bit more dimes. Uh, my six uh, reserve all-star, I'm just going to read it verbatim because it's funny. I didn't mention it earlier. D'Lo, a shocker. He's 30th. Oh. He's 30th in total nine cat value. That's the only note I have on him. But but he, he made my all-star list too, as ADP all-stars. He's, again, one of these players I do like having on my team. I think he's kind of fun. But this year, there was just somebody else I was going to take a shot on. I just let him. I didn't want him to piss on my field goal percentage as he has in the past. And sometimes his turnovers are too high calories for the flavor. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was passing on him too. But I want, again, a little more love. I'm going to give the last all-star spot on my reserves uh, to you, I'm going to give you two players. I, I the last spot right now was a tie. Well, I thought you were literally just giving it to me, and I was appreciative of that. But Nate Sean Clay, I want you to step up and enter this All Star squad, <laughs> please. If you can, you can make a half court shot uh, holding your uh, your glass of uh, Pinot Noir. <laughs> um, so my last spot is a nice contrast. One player who has just like nailed their ADP. Um, right in the low 40s, that's where they are on the season, and that's Deer and Fox. Um, but mm-hmm. he had his highs are higher than that. He's a really fun player to roster, it's just really fun. There's a fun factor with having Deer and Fox on your team, too. Um, and another one, and he, he's hurt now, but it's an example of nailing a player that was going number who's the sixth player taken in the average Yahoo draft. I believe I got him number eight in my Yahoo Public League, and that's Steph Curry. I just wanted to give him a shout-out because he really upped his game. So it's a bummer um, because he should honestly be a no-brainer on the ADP All-Star list. But um, just wanted to give a shout-out. There's something to be said about taking a player you know, in the late first round, and they give you number one overall player weeks multiple times, which Steph Curry has this year. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, it's easy to point to a guy that's 20 spots higher than than what his ranking is. But uh, 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 there has been season, and I'm going to mess up the stat now, but I know Jokic last season, the value that he gave you was, I believe, equivalent to uh, what the, the difference between him and the number two guy mm-hmm. was the equivalent of like the th- of a third round guy on your team as well. So that once you get up into those top 10 to jump up one or two spots is actually pretty giant. Um, so, I mean, if you're mentioning plus two or plus three there, that's uh yeah, I mean, that's crushing it as far as a draft pick goes. So taking Jokic that season was basically like you draft Jokic, but you also get to draft first full season DeMar DeRozan and play them in the same spot every game. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Chico. Uh, Absolute Chico. For sure. No, that's so yeah, I just want to give a shout out to some of the big Luca's another one. You could give a shout out that you just got you're getting what you're paid for this year with him. Yep. Um 
And we will get into the East All-Stars uh, on a very future pod. Uh, I wanted to give the listener just a heads up that um, this pod may drop shortly after the trade deadline special, uh, just because we want to make sure to have that content up and ready uh, and prepping for that tomorrow. So uh, this might drop just just as you're heading into Super Bowl weekend prior to the Super Bowl. So if we're talking about the trade deadline special coming out tomorrow and it's already out it's because this we did drop maybe a day after or so of when we had dropped the trade deadline special, which I will be taking my master editing skills to uh, the second that we're done recording to get that out just around the time you're finishing dinner and, you know, having a after dinner glass of wine or non-alcoholic beer, you're just drinking juice out of the carton like a savage um, or whatever. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever you're into. That's cool. That's cool right. with us. But, um, but yeah, we're going to be getting a couple pods to you uh, with the quickness here. So get ready for a nice little hit of PTJ. Uh, Nay, I did want to introduce uh, a segment that I had texted you about last night real quick at the end of the pod, which is called Seven Bucks, Seven Bucks, which is where I asked Natron Clean over here about a recent very small stakes bet that he won or lost, but hopefully lost. Uh, so can you please tell the people a recent DraftKings wager that you made that was super low stakes and if you hit it <laughs> and what it was? I, I I feel like very fortunate. It's a very like lucky thing about like my like uh, brain makeup that I get like purely as much enjoyment out of betting a buck 50 on DraftKings as I do when I bet $38 <laughs> or, or $40. I, I find that I'm like, I, I just care the same amount. So I might as well wager the lower number. And so I, I make a lot of, a lot of like three, $4 bets, but I talk about it a lot. And so like the guys at work or, or, or I'm hanging out with, will be like, they're like, Oh shit. Like how much did you lay down on that game? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I got three bucks in this parlay. If I hit, I can hit like eight. Like what? The- <laughs> like this, this shouldn't take up like this much talking. So, uh, um, Hey, that's yeah, a good so thing, like, man. That's a good thing. That's like somebody who's like, yeah, I get drunk off like two beers. It's like, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm lucky that way. And uh, so, yeah, my, the last, last one I hit was, uh, I was, a, and actually I've been enjoying betting the over on Jalen Williams, the Broncos three pointers. Um, and so that's, uh, I think a, a, a betting nugget to kind of take away as, as we exit here is uh, his three point shooting is, is, is improving but the but vegas hasn't caught up most of their lines are at 0.5 um you can make some money there you can make like i did you can make 250 last night so how much did you lay down i laid 175 on that one that's some stakes no i respect <laughs> i respect that there's a phrase that i uh enjoy from the great adam levitan of establish the run um which is a fantasy football podcast but he was like, yeah, man, I can't feel anything anymore unless my dick's on the line. <laughs> like, I, <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, exactly. Like, yeah, you know, I can relate so. to that. I can see that. <laughs> well, for you, your dick is $1.75. <laughs> right, yeah, it's pretty cheap. A cheap, cheap lay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> listen, man, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we got another pod coming to you tomorrow. So uh, for Natron Clean, this is your boy Flying Jay. Please remember to go check out that promo over at uh, Steelbridge Coffee uh, slash PTJ. Get yourself a vintage basketball card and four pounds of freshly brewed craft coffee. Um, just big shout out to you guys. And again, big shout out to the homie at Lee Cheeseburger Andy Jokic. 
Um, and please, uh, if you do use Twitter, give us a follow, uh, Projecting the Jump Pod on Twitter, uh, because we've, we've gotten some pretty interesting follows recently. Again, thank you, Atlee. Um, and we're just we're excited about that. So Natron Clean, he is a Renaissance fan. He, he is not using Twitter, but uh, but he appreciates those that do, don't you, Nate? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, Nate, I will see you tomorrow, man. Looking forward to recording again with you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, everyone. Peace. Night. Bye-bye.